Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 83 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templateteek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me today is Daniel, our fearless leader. What's going on? Not much, man. What's going on with you? Oh, man, so much. Uh, to be honest, this is uh, we've, we've tried this a couple weeks in a row. We have been on hiatus for about a month or a little more, and uh, a lot has been going on. Amanda has been traveling the world and uh, playing a lot of mobile games. She will be back hopefully next week. Um, but, uh, you know, that it is what it is. But we're back, and we're excited, and I have actually gotten to play some games. It's been a while, so I have gotten to play some games. And so that's good. Anytime you get to play some games, that's good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it could be worse. Anyway, you could. I mean, be I guess it's, getting to play games. I guess this is a game podcast. It's true, exactly. <laughs> so, so what have you been playing? Um. Well, funny that you should ask. Um. I've actually. I may have as if you me. wandered onto a game podcast. Yeah, like I. I what is this? I, I don't know this? what the show's about. Oh, funny you uh, ask. I actually have played a game. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I've been playing Pokemon Go on my phone. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this or not before, but over the last couple of months, I've become kind of addicted to it. Uh, I've been kind of dicks to my friends on there, trying to force them to send me gifts so I can now, get eggs. I have a question. Yes, sir. You do know that that game's been out a while. Yes, it has been oh, out. Okay. I downloaded it when it first came out and got bored with it very quickly and closed it out. And I uh, started playing it probably back in January of this year, like hardcore. And was like, holy crap, they changed like a whole bunch of stuff and been like super addicted to it. So it's been kind of fun. Well, um, and, and for the listeners, there's I mean, you, you this coincided also with your exercise program, right? I mean, this was something that you were doing actually while you're being active, wasn't it? Yeah, but we won't talk about the exercise. Okay. <laughs> well, you're you still have to be kind of active to do it, though. That's true. You do. And um, I, I do enjoy, you know, we've we've moved. Uh, um, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but we, we I have recently moved to the great city of Austin and um, Texas. Capital that is Texas. not Boston, Texas. Austin, 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 Texas. And uh, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of nice actually going out downtown, walking around this, the downtown area, you know, playing the game and just visiting the sites, drinking the beer, listening to the music. It's 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 awesome. So it's it gets me out and gets me doing things. Um, but one of the reasons what I started that I started playing Pokemon Go, I guess, hardcore is because I picked up a game on my Switch called um, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. There's two different games. Um, and one of the features that they've enabled in the game is the, to allow you to transfer some of your Pokemon from Generation 1 that you catch in the Pokemon Go into Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Let's Go Pikachu. So uh, I've been transferring a bunch of my Pokemon over and but now I'm a virtual hoarder. <laughs> well and that's i think the the best part of let's go uh pikachu and eevee i downloaded the demo it made me want to go back and play Poke pokemon go so 
it's just one of those games you can pick up. It's fun. It's it's there's not a lot to it. There's no, I don't know. So many games are are so involved now that like you can't just pick it up and play it for a little bit for you know ten twenty thirty minutes at most. Uh, sometimes and that's sometimes as a dad, that's all the time I have. And those are the type of games I can pick up when I don't have much time if I really want to play something. So. Yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. Um, I I do I do enjoy those. You know, and I've, I've said this before numerous times. I do enjoy the games that you can just pick up, you know, put back down, and you're done with. Um, but you know, besides Pokemon, I've been playing just your usual stuff on the Switch. You know, Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I've been really getting into Punch Punch Out. I just recently picked out uh, picked up Punch Out for the Wii. Um, never owned it, never played it, and you know, I beat uh, I. I beat the arcade version of punch out that came out on the Wii a couple, I can't remember when they released it, but they released the arcade version of punch out and yeah. played through that beat, beat the, the characters went back and started playing punch out in the Nintendo. Can't get anywhere on that game. Cause that game is like super hard. Um, and just kind of got addicted, <laughs> re addicted into punch out. So I was like, I, what else can I play? Uh, had the super Nintendo version played that a little bit. So I was like, the only other version I don't have is the Wii version. So went out, sought that out, found it, and I actually found that I really enjoy that game. Um, you don't have to use the motion controls to punch. Um, you can actually hold the Wii remote sideways and play it like a controller. Um, and it plays just like punch out on Nintendo. Um, and it saves your progress and all that other stuff. You don't have to worry about entering a 500-character code or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been kind of fun playing those old punch-out games, the, the series, just kind of seeing how it's evolved over the years. It's, I don't know, it, it is, it's, uh, I think Gerard, uh, the completionist just recently completed that game and it's one I didn't get to play. I mean, I had the Wii and, and, and I think I may have owned that game at some point and wanted to play it. And it was just kind of at that time in my life when I was in transition and wasn't really able to get to a lot of games and, and, um, I've wanted to play it. It looks fantastic. I mean, it. It's it's just it to me it's like updated in every way the original uh, including characters and some of the themes and stuff like that and and so it just looks like a really good game I've always wanted to play it and watching uh, the completionists finish it it just kind of uh, reinvigorated me to get get in there and, and maybe try to play it yeah I heard a rumor a long time ago that Arms the game that came out for the Nintendo Switch was originally supposed to be a successor to punch out. So I'm kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, punch out fans kind of got screwed there. Um, arms isn't a bad game, but it's, it's yeah. not punch out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I would like to see a true, uh, port or maybe even just a new version of the game brought to switch. I think the switch would be the perfect system for that, but we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Well, all right. Um, well, I actually, um, I've actually been playing Diablo three on the PlayStation or PlayStation what? four to be. Yeah, I know. Now I own it on two different formats. Um, I, I did as much research as my ADD would allow me to, to try to link my, my, uh, battle.net account to, to the PlayStation, which I did. But from what I understand, because it's not like an online all the time game, uh, you can't, and maybe you can, if a listener will let me know in the comments how I can actually link my accounts and I get my demon hunter over there. Uh, but you know, I, I think I've got like a level 50 demon hunter on, on the computer 
And uh, but because of where my computer's located and just my son being back around it all the time, it's just and, and me having a, a little one. Generally, I'm I'm in my bedroom when I'm actually getting to play, and it's usually late at night. So I finally just you know they had a sale for for uh, Diablo three. It was like twenty bucks or nineteen dollars, and I was like, well, it is a great game. It comes with the expansion and the Necromancer, and I just I bought it, and it like I said, it's a good game. It's a game that you can you can spend a lot of time playing, um, and it's just kind of park your brain type fun. Like you, you watch. I, I've watched all the cutscenes, and I finished. I didn't finish uh, the the expansion, but I did finish. Uh, you know the main campaign, and I enjoy the story. I mean, it's dark and gritty and all that stuff. I mean, it is about demons and hell and and your character and 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 heaven and that battle and all that's fine and fun and um but in the bottom at the at the end of the day it's really diablo or or one of my uh, very similar to one of my favorite games baldur's gate which has a release for baldur's gate 3 uh which i'm not exactly sure how that's one that one's going to play out but i'm anxious to see more about it you know that was that was announced at e3 which we'll get to um but yeah the the uh the, this Diablo three is a great game, and and so I, I started a barbarian. I think I'm level twenty, and uh, <laughs> have just been having a lot of fun playing that game again. So. Now I have a really important question to ask you. Um, yes, you didn't purchase by chance the digital copy of that game, right? On PlayStation. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did. Oh god, I thought we talked about this. Okay. Anyway, sorry. we did. We did. <laughs> we did. Um, and. Uh, I don't even know if Diablo ways, has a physical release, honestly. I don't know if it did either, to be completely honest. Maybe on PlayStation it did. Uh, on, on the computer, I don't think it did. So, uh, On the computer, I, I'm kind of left to Blizzard's devices. But on the PlayStation, I knew better, and I didn't. But I'm getting... I, no, no excuses. Nope, I was going to make one, and I didn't. Hey, look at that. It does have a physical release. Oh, does it? Okay. I could have done that. <laughs> so there's no excuse there is no excuse i failed miserably i i went against all of my my beliefs and, and my my values and i just i succumbed to convenience unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> which is which is what they're counting on really it's really what they're counting on anyway but it's been fun i've enjoyed playing it well that brings us to the gaming news and uh it's been a couple weeks since e3 was uh, has has come and gone, and uh, there there are quite a few things that we could comment on. There were now let's bef- before you see. get started in the news, let's let's yeah. be fair to our audience here. Yeah, they recorded last week, guys. This is there true. was there was an episode. It came out. They recorded right after E3. Had all the news of E3. Problem is, there was some major technical difficulties, and the audio didn't work. So major, yeah. Unfortunately, all that and, audio and Amanda is gone. Was even here. You would have had Amanda's voice, not my voice, on this episode. <laughs> so that's true. That's true. Well, you know, just a different take on things. But we did do we did do our first initial take on on uh, E three, and, and maybe we'll be able to re- revisit that at some point. But Amanda's always got really interesting takes because she comes from an, an advertising field, and so a lot of the things that they do, and a lot of the, the business practices that we hear about and that we read about. She has a really interesting take on because that's kind of her background and where she comes from. So 
uh, where some of us may really disagree with some of these business practices and not know why she's able to kind of put a, you know, a face to all that and, and actually explain it in better terms. So yeah, we did, we did get to talk about some of that stuff. So unfortunately we lost it. Uh, but there are still some things I think that are relevant at this point to, to kind of touch on. So, um, I know you said that you had some gaming news, but I guess I'll go ahead and rehash some of the older ones. Some of the older news, uh, first and foremost, and really the big, big picture thing from E3 was that it seems like everybody's going to have a streaming service. Uh, and by everybody, I, I'm, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic, but honestly, I'm not, I couldn't, it'd be easier to tell you who doesn't have a streaming service than who is going to have it, you know, because it, that list is just going to be shorter. Ubisoft's going to have one. Um, Epic's going to have one. Um, you know, it just seems like at this point, all of the major triple AAA publishers are going to have their own streaming service. So uh, just right off the bat, what, what are your thoughts on gaming streaming services uh, as, as, a, as just a part of the landscape or maybe the future? Uh, it's the future. It seems like that's where we're going. And sadly, it's taking me out of the gaming realm because... Uh, you know, you're going to be paying a monthly service fee for games that you don't own. Right. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about on the last episode we recorded together. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to be in the gaming world. You know, I'm 40 years old. Am I going to still be playing games five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now? I don't know. But if I do want to pick up a game 10, 15 years from now, I want to be able to play that game and not have to worry about redownloading anything or... Right. Um, you know, having to resubscribe to us a service because this are the services going to be around 10, 15 years from now. We don't know. And it's that uncertainty of the future that I think, and I guess it's just because I'm an old school gamer that I just, I don't like, um, the, the fact that I'm not going to be able to physically own anything because of the streaming. I I'm just, I'm kind of leery on. I'm, I'm more than kind of leery on it, even though, yeah, we, we said tongue in cheek. I went ahead and bought, Diablo three as a digital product. And, and, um, and I, and I think that I, I weigh it this way and we've talked about this on the, on the show uh, before, but generally speaking, I just feel like I'm, I'm willing to accept a certain level of loss with some of the games. Like I'm, I'm willing to accept if I lose some games and that's how I kind of rationalized the decision I'm going to buy this game digitally di digitally or or uh, or not um, I think that we're going to see a rise in in uh, retro gaming emulators I've got an arcade one up uh, cabinet uh, which to be completely honest I could modify if I wanted to and make it have a whole lot more games on that cabinet if I wanted to mm -hmm. um, I mean you could you could add a number of things and i've already got the cabinet and everything else and and would be able to play and and those games would be saved to some form of a hard drive and and i'm okay with that you know I, i've accepted that that is kind of the norm for a lot of games and and that's how pc gaming typically works as long as i can go back and access them the issue then is can i you know if if transferring them kind of like I do my my recorded music I take it from hard drive to hard drive to hard drive and I know that it degrades over time this that and the other 
Um, but at least I've got it in some form or fashion, and I can go back to it when I want to on call. I don't have to be plugged into the internet. You know, it's it's funny that you bring up music. Um, I've purchased a bunch of music off of iTunes because of convenience, and you know, it's also cheap. But what I've found myself doing recently is going on to like Amazon, the used uh, portion of Amazon, you know, where the vendors are, yeah. and buying the same CDs that I just purchased off of iTunes that has been used or whatnot and picking them up for like a couple bucks so yeah. I can have a physical collection. So that way, if something ever happens to iTunes, you know, I don't think it ever will, but if something ever does, I still have the physical releases of that music somewhere so I can re-rip it or do whatever I want to do. It yeah. is convenient to have it on my computer and have it all in a place where I can upload it to my phone and things like that, but I have to have that physical copy of it so I know that I have it. Right, because otherwise it's just it's figurative. It's 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 intangible. It's 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 a you know it's 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 literally a figment of your imagination. It's just out there in the ether. You there's no tangible version of it, and if at any point it could go away, and, you know. And, let me, you know, I got an email the other day. Uh, do you collect uh, movies? Like, do you use the uh, like Voodoo and Ultraviolet and things like that? I, I have the Ultraviolet version. I've never downloaded any of them or put, put in the code. I've still got all my DVDs in Blu-ray. So this is why I don't trust digital mediums. I'm going to read this email that I got from Ultraviolet, okay? Mm-hmm. It says, we've written to you previously to inform you that Ultraviolet service will shut down on July 31st, 2019. Currently, you can continue to watch these movies and TV shows available on your linked Ultraviolet retailers. Uh, to maximize your continued access to your movies and TV shows after Ultraviolet is closed, it is important that you do not unlink or close your Ultraviolet account library. Specifically, keep it linked and, you know, we're here to help, blah, blah, blah. Right? And it says, as right. a reminder, your Ultraviolet library was created for you on Flixster 2012-11-11 and has approximately 219 movies and TV shows. Now... The reason why I wanted to stress that is because if I didn't have those movies physically owned somewhere <laughs> and I accidentally away. unlinked my ultraviolet account, I just lost all of that. Right. Yeah. So needless to say, one of the things that we talked about, uh, and then, you know, we'll just reiterate it is this, this is a part of the future. I hope it's not the future. Uh, I don't think we have the internet infra- infrastructure to handle it, to be honest, uh, because for you to be able to stream, and we're going to find out with the Stadia or the Stadia or whatever the Google. However you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out with that, you know, exactly how viable this is as a as a medium to deliver games. But well, I think it's going to be the future, and the reason why is because I feel like these hardware companies, they're running out of, they're not able to keep up with the hardware. I mean, you see how fast the new Xbox or a new PlayStation is coming out with revamped hardware because right. they can't keep up with the specs like computers and stuff that's coming out. And the idea of these streaming services is that you'll be able to stream these games from any device that you're playing on. Um, so the hardware cool. companies like Microsoft and PlayStation won't have to actually make physical devices anymore. And you can play their game still by paying their service fees on your PC or on your tablet or anything like that. Right, and and that may and may very well be okay. I'm okay with that with Netflix. But if there's something on Netflix I really want or like I really enjoy, right now on Netflix is the only place I can get it. I can't get it anywhere else. But there are they have lots of movies that I enjoy. Like I love Big Trouble in Little China. I think I own it on two or three different formats. Um, 
I don't know that it's still on Netflix anymore. I even just recently bought a <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China, China t-shirt for uh, Jack Burton's gym. It's all in the reflexes. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's just, but because I own it on that format, I'm, I, I don't, I'm, I know I can always go back to it. It's kind of like a record or something like that. Anyway, oh, we're preaching to the choir. I think, you know, you and I are about the same age. And so because of that, I think we look at this very similarly. And I think a lot of people don't. And I just caution people to pump the brakes just because change for change's sake is not necessarily good. Let's just evaluate this and, you know, and maybe demand more from these producers that it's like, yeah, I'm okay with the streaming service. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll adapt as needed or I just won't play anymore. Yeah, you damn youngsters. Get off my lawn. Right, exactly. Or, you know, like I said, I just won't play anymore if that's the case. I, 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 want, to, I want to have some control over the medium and have access to it when I want to because sometimes I just like to get lost in some, something I have agency over. And my last bit of news is that uh, the same, the makers of Pokemon Go, which we spoke about earlier, uh, Niantic, uh, has come out with a Harry Potter game called Wizards Unite. I have not downloaded it. I plan on downloading it just to check it out. But uh, your initial thoughts on, on this game? I've been seeing people blast my Facebook and Twitter feeds with friend codes, friend codes, friend codes. Now, I like I said, I just got back into Pokemon Go. I don't know if I can do two games. And quite yeah. honestly, I'm not that big of a Harry Potter fan. I know, blasphemy. But <laughs> I enjoy the movies, but you know, I never got into the books. I never um I'm not like that hardcore into the movies. I could watch them, but so I don't know if I can really would really you enjoy the game. It's probably not for me, Stacy. Well, I'm gonna say that I'll just play it for my kids. This coming from the guy who loves the prequels. I was going to say, exactly. You don't make any sense. You, you're, your opinion is null and void. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on it? I want to I want to see what it's like. I would have actually, and I don't know that there's enough creatures for it, but I would have liked it to have been something like Pokemon Go, only it's in Harry Potter, and you're basically going through the bestiary and looking for the different magical creatures, kind of like Newt Scamander. Well, here's uh, my question. You know, like Pokemon Go, you're sitting there running around in your phone, flicking your finger using Pokeballs. Are you like taking your phone and wiggling it around like a wand? Because then you're going to really look like you're a weirdo running around downtown. Looking, yeah, weird enough. I think you'll probably do something like a, a, a finger motion like on the screen. You'll probably do some sort of pattern, and that might be the – I'm making it up. I have no idea. Um, that makes <laughs> Anybody sense. who's playing a game, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if you played it, let us know. Um I may not be able to look like that big a fool just in my house. Um, so I don't, I don't know any of the other details. I just know it came out. So man, we really uh, do sound like some old farts sitting here talking. What is this Harry Potter? Harry Potter? 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 <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so what about you? You got any other any other news of note? Yeah, well, I got two things. Um, so E3 was kind of lackluster this year um i really enjoyed nintendo's press conference i know i know i i'm i'm a nintendo fanboy but whatever um, i'm kind of excited about some of the games that are coming out on nintendo but there was two things that were shown off at e3 that i've been kind of following that i'm now that i've seen what they can do at e3 i'm i'm kind of even more stoked um the first product is by hyperkin um Hyperkin, as you may or may not know, is a company that builds these clone 
classic consoles to play your old video games on current televisions, right? And they're they're emulation based, meaning that you stick the cartridge in, it dumps the ROM onto the the system and it plays the ROM from the system through an emulator on your TV. I don't know the specifics of how the magic works inside the box. I just know that it does. It plays the games and they're awesome. So, you know, it's, it's, it's emulation. Um, I have what is called a Retron 5 currently, which plays multi, a multitude of games. It plays, you know, your Super Nintendo, your Nintendo, your Sega Genesis, um, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance. The list goes on. Well, Hyperkin just showed off their new Hyperkin Ultra Retron Nintendo 64 HDMI clone system at E3, which is a new clone system that's going to be playing Nintendo 64 games on your HD television. Um so for those of you who loved Nintendo 64, you're going to have a chance to play these on your modern day television using this game system. Um, they've they have their own controller that they're coming out with, which has like a GameCube styles analog stick on it. Um, it looks really awesome. It looks like it's you know it's going to have some compatibility issues, just like all emulation does. But for the most part, it looks like it's going to be playing some of the major games, and I'm kind of excited to see this thing when it comes out in real life. On the flip side of that, uh, there's a new company called Polymega, and I don't know if you've heard about this one, Stacy, but Polymega is making a modular retro game system, and what this device is, is it's a docking game system where you have this base unit, and the base unit is like your CD drive, which plays PlayStation 1, Sega Saturn, uh, Sega CD, and uh, Genesis 32X. Neo Geo CD games. Oh, and TurboGrafx CDs, right? But then you could buy modules that you could snap on top of it that allows you to play Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, TurboGrafx-16. Um, they're coming out with an Atari VCS module. And these modules will also have the controller ports for the systems built into it. Um, this thing was shown off on E3, and it looks freaking awesome. A lot of people are not really excited about it because, again, it's emulation-based, meaning that it will dump the ROM from the cartridge. But uh, one of the cool features that I like about it is you can actually take your game library that's compatible with it, dump it onto the system, and you never have to put another cartridge or disk into the system because it saves everything into the system. So you can build your library virtually on the system. Uh, I'm really excited about this. The base system goes for $299, and each module is $57, or you could buy the whole kit for like 500 bucks. I'm down. I like it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So, you know, we were just complaining about losing the ability to play games in the future, and here I am talking about companies that's trying to keep the past alive. No, and and uh, if you would after this, link that to me, or maybe we'll put it on on the on the page uh, just so that anybody else that wants to know more about it. Because if nothing else, I'd like to have a quick reference <laughs> so that I can go back to find exactly what i need to do to to pick that up or to get more information on it so okay um yeah that'd be awesome well good well that's that's the news and that brings us really to our our main topic of of the day which is um one that i think you know there's not a lot of video game movies out there that that people i mean people can agree upon were actually any good same thing for comic book movies. I think that MCU has done, uh, you know, the MCU or Marvel Comics has done a good job lately, well, last 10 years, of really creating great comic book movie content, just great movie content. But video games has, have kind of struggled. 
Um, but uh, today I wanted to do, and we talked about maybe having a list of at least or up to three video game properties that we would like to see made as movies. Um, as you know, as usual, I probably will have uh, some caveats in here, maybe a couple that I want to name as honorable mentions, but just probably would be better as series than as an actual movie. Um, but anyway, let's let's just kind of jump into it. And uh, I don't know what Daniel's um, Daniel's list looks like, but I wanted to start with one that I've eliminated personally because because <laughs> that's how we do it here. I'm not going to list one that I really want. I'm going to list one that I don't think uh, because of, and I have a reason. I think my first, the first one I want to list is The Witcher. I think The Witcher is better as a series. I think there's too much content from the books and the games to make one good movie out of. I think you could make multiple movies potentially, but I'm really anxious to see what they do with the actual uh, series with Henry uh, Henry Cavill and so... Yeah, I was getting ready to say, isn't it coming out as a series? It's coming out as a series on Netflix. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm actually really excited about that. Um, but uh, so that brings me to uh, my very first one. And I do have these ranked um, in order. Um, not not in order of like what I think will be the best movies necessarily, but maybe the one that I think has the best chance of being made into a movie. Uh, and but all of these I want to see. So the first one that I have listed here uh, is The Last of Us. I think uh, The Last of Us is is ripe to be made into a movie. You know they're already doing a young Nathan Drake for um, Uncharted, and I don't know how that's going to turn out, and I don't even know if it'll ultimately even get made. But The Last of Us is is one of the best video games cinematic experiences media experiences that i have had the pleasure of enjoying and i've i bring it up on the show all the time because i really feel that strongly about this game i've bought i've actually bought copies of this game for friends because i wanted them to play it i even even threatened to ship my playstation 3 over over the pond to to let amanda play it. i remember you saying it on an episode I, yeah. So we have talked about it, and and uh, I, I just think that highly of the game. It is, it, it I think from a from either a, a horror genre, or an action adventure with with a bit of horror. Uh, I think that this or uh, like a thriller suspense movie. I think that that The Last of Us would be incredible. In fact, I'd even like to have Paul on just to say, okay, so who do you cast in this movie from a game that we just made up? You know. <laughs> And Paul would say Henry Cavill. He probably would. Well, Henry can't play everybody because <laughs> uh, I think he could play at least two or three of the main characters in these movies that I've listed so far. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, Ellen Page uh, from a few years ago would have been a great Ellie. Uh, I think that they could find a nice, uh, you know, a, a good, solid, talented young actress to play Ellie uh, because I mean that's really the character that carries this movie. Joel is just, um, you know, a disgruntled old man, old man, really. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, played by I mean, Harrison Ford, man, it have, I don't think Harrison could do it. It's, it's gotta be somebody in their fifties or sixties, not seventies going on 5,000. 
Hey, this yeah. is we're talking about the guys getting ready to play Indiana Jones again. Oh, God bless. What is he gonna what is he gonna play? The 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 grand dean of the college? He can't r- swing around or use his whip. There's no way. It's the adventure but, in the uh, old folks' home. It, yeah, it's like finding the bathroom. That, that's, <laughs> uh, so no, I, that would be a fun episode as well as casting the shows. That's my first one. What about you? Uh, sticking with my love of Nintendo, man, I I think uh, Nintendo needs to probably release some of their properties, and I know they're slowly doing it. Um, uh, I, even though Nintendo only owns like 50% of the company, you know, they just released recently uh, Detective Pikachu and it, it was moderately successful. Um, and I they're getting ready to. Well, I mean, and I don't know who saw it, but I wanted to see it. Um, I have not seen it either, but I heard it was pretty funny, pretty good. Um, there was some complaints on it, but, you know, it's, it's the internet. Who cares? Um, but they're also getting ready to make a Super Mario Brothers movie with Illumination, the same people that made uh, The Minions. Um, so, you know, they're slowly letting go of some of their characters and turning them back into film. Cause I, you know, just like any other company would be, I think they were still shocked by the travesty that was Mario brothers that came out in the nineties. Um, but if they were to continue releasing their IP, I think Metroid would make nice. a fantastic movie or show. And, you know, the reason being is because, you know, we have this awesome space setting, um, this awesome storyline of this, this basically this hunter that's going down hunting these aliens. And, you know, you got the space pirates like Ridley and all that. That's her antagonist. Um, Mother Brain as the main villain. I mean, I just I just think it would be good. And you have a strong female character that would fit in today's climate. I mean, I just think it's it's the perfect time for a Metroid movie to come out or series. I, I, I have to throw or series because you know something like that would be great on on Netflix. I would I would I didn't even think about Metroid. I tried to think of some Nintendo properties like Zelda and stuff like that. I thought might fit, but it just didn't fit into kind of what I would thought they could make into a really good movie. And and you know Zelda has a story. There's no doubt about it. And and you can check a number of YouTube channels. Game theorists is a great series of videos where they they put the timeline from the different different threads together it's it's crazy the whole timeline's crazy but you should check it out um anyway my second one that i would like to see second movie i would like to see is i would like to see the original bioshock as a movie um i think from a Again, which would probably be a suspense horror. And this is the funny thing is, is that, and everybody knows the very first episode we did of this podcast was on horror games. And I hate horror games. Like, I don't hate them. I don't like to play them. Love to watch them. Don't like to play them. Uh, and, and the first two that I've listed are, are would be somewhat horror movies to some degree anyway. Because you're uh, okay with horror movies. Nah, well, I'd rather not even watch them either. Um, depending on, you know, I, I think that if there's enough action in it, then it kind of changes or bridges genres. And uh, I think that, that this is another one of those that with with the twists in the movie or in the game, I think that you, you translate that over into the movie somehow. I think there's a clever way to do uh, some twists or, or maybe just carry it, carry it over all, all together because... Hundreds of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of people played Bioshock. Millions would watch it 
and I think would not see it coming, not see the, the, the twist coming from the game. So um, I would love a would you kindly shirt. Uh, you know, I know Amanda has one, um, but I just I, I don't know who would play because the, the lead character in the game is kind of a non character, just someone you can kind of slide into as a character to be yourself because they don't have any distinctive features or anything. You don't do a character build. Um, but I think that the story is interesting enough. Just putting a, you know, the, the retro music, the, you know, the, the, the environment under the, under the ocean, it gives you that claustrophobic feel. I think it would be another really entertaining, thrilling movie. I don't think you'd take a lot of special effects. Um, you know, it'd be a movie I think that you could do very practically and in like the hands of somebody like James Wan or, uh, that, that can handle, you know, smaller, intimate, lower budget, you know, thrilling type, eh, slightly horror movies with the splicers. I mean, the splicers would be terrifying in, in real life, you know, no doubt. Um, they would be terrifying. And, and just the idea of this wannabe perfect society gone wrong at the bottom of the ocean where you can't escape. Um, and these people who have just gone crazy trying to perfect themselves. There's so many ways that you could go with that, with that particular game. And so I think this would be, that would just be a great property to turn into a movie. I agree. That would be actually a pretty interesting movie to see. Um, and you know, you said practical effects. I mean, I mean, hell, that movie could warrant itself to some decent special effect with, you know, the visual, digital visuals and stuff. Um, you would have to probably do that with some of the monsters. For sure, for sure. But, I mean, even even the plasmids, I think you could do with minimal and, and generally mostly practical effects. You know, uh, lightning being, you know, a big one. I mean, that's that's an easy practical effect, you know, and... Uh, I think the the big special effects would be splicers climbing the ceilings and and, and maybe some of the prosthetics, you know. But yeah, and when I say digital, I'm not talking, you know, like episode one digital. <laughs> so, right, you mean 100% digital? Yeah, you know, actors just talking to themselves on a blue screen, but you know, some modifications to the monsters to give them more of a like Jurassic Park feel to give some sort of terror to the characters. But yeah, I think that would be an awesome movie. Yeah, I do. So what about you? What's your second one? Okay, so everybody knows I'm a huge Nintendo fan. And I'm going to... This next movie is not a Nintendo property. Um, what? I think this would make like for a good... I don't know if you would say a psychological thriller, but more of a catch-me-if-you-can type. Portal 2. Okay. I'm, I'm or just, just Portal itself. Um, you have this person that's trying to escape these puzzles, uh, and you know, each puzzle gets more and more intense, you know, this is the gameplay, but in the movie, you know, we can have like, kind of expand on the story a little bit and kind of have this character who's, who is kind of being tortured and have these weapons, this, they're in this experimental lab with these guns that create these portals and they have to solve to try to figure out how to get out of this facility and get the information they need to bring down this, this organization that's, you know, whatever, trying to take over the world or whatever. I don't know what the story is. I just think seeing these portal guns in a movie with someone trying to escape these different rooms and these different death traps, kind of like saw would be awesome to see on screen. 
Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be interesting. It would also be a, again, another claustrophobic, very small feel movie. Uh, because I mean, you basically go room to room. It's not like this big, expansive space opera, you know. Yeah, and you, you, you know, I guess psychological thriller probably wasn't the right word. I would say more of a horror type, kind of like Saw. I mean, Saw is probably the best. We best were just making all the the horror movies. Yeah, I mean, let's, everything needs to be horror, except for Apparently. Metroid. Well, I guess Metroid is horror. Yeah, so yes. all horror. Let's let's yeah, do it and again. Metroid, another movie that I think would be right up James Wan's alley. I mean, if he could make the the Aquaman, that portion of Aquaman be a little bit terrifying, um, there's no doubt that he, you know, he could make Metroid be, I mean, Metroid, you're in space. You have everything but like the xenomorphs um, or versions of the xenomorphs and, and, and jellyfish that can fly through space and attach to your head. Mm, yeah. I, I think that's definitely up his alley as a horror movie. So, yeah, especially if they go like the Metroid Prime route, where like you're a bounty hunter traveling, and I don't know. I just think it'd be I just think it'd be cool just have her hunting down these different creatures Practical, and stuff. Special effects, monsters, Ridley. Oh yeah, it, it is Ridley's the the pterodactyl one, right? Correct. Okay, pterodactyl, not pterodactyl. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The dragon looking alien. Dragon alien that's on Smash. Shut up at me. <laughs> um, all right. So my last one, my first one, and, and not necessarily well, before I get to my first one, I wanted to mention the game that I really wanted to list. Well, two games. One I wanted to list and I just realized I thought this is too cliche. I think it would be good, but it might even be a better series because it's such an expansive experience. And that is Fallout. I think Fallout would be a, a good series. I think you could make a good movie out of it. Um, I don't know how you go about it, but I, I never finished any of the Fallouts. And there's so much to most of the Fallout games that I think you could go in a lot of different directions. So a really good big budget series, you know, eight eight episodes, um, you know, would be uh, I think would it would be better for that. And and then lastly. Warcraft. I am on the boat that I actually liked the Warcraft movie. I did not like all of the casting. I did not like Cadgar's casting. Um, I did not like. I, I didn't mind Medivh's casting. I think Ben Foster's a good actor. Um, I liked Garona. I thought she was cast perfectly. I thought uh, King uh, King Rin was was no. Yeah, is it King Rin? King Rin. Yeah. It's um no King Lothar. That's who it is. Uh is it Lothar Andu and Lothar? No, it's King Rin and like, Lothar, Lothar sounds like something from Voltron. Well Andu and Lothar is is who uh Anduin Rin was named after um in the game. Anyway, all this to say for people who know the world of Warcraft and Warcraft lore, you know, I'm kinda of preaching to the choir. I mean, this is thirty years of lore. And, you know, and then the lore was built, behind, you know, beyond that. So there's so much story to get into. However, I although I think they did the orcs fantastic, I thought that uh, Lothar and um, some of the characters uh, weren't cast really well. Um, they they leaned they they were leaning on a lot of the lore 
to kind of carry the story, and I thought that that was good, and it and it did a great job. They did so much for the fans in terms of like just showing stuff that we're familiar with and in the lore and how the world works and and uh, in the world of Warcraft. I mean, they they did uh, you know the oh the I'm trying to remember the the inn that's in Elwyn Forest. I mean, they basically they you were in that inn, and like I've rem- I've played the game since since you know vanilla so i mean for 15 years or so uh it's it's i've I've known of that in and so it was just really cool to be able to see the places redwood red ridge uh mountains and and all of the different realms in in, in different areas of, of warcraft but i mean so what you're telling me is is you don't really want to see a fallout movie you want to see another warcraft movie well i guess what i'm getting at is they're never going to do that but what they might do and what I think would be I would rather see because I don't know that they'll ever do that right is to they, they do the cinematic cut, you know, the cut scenes or they'll do a cinematic for for uh, each expansion and many times for patches and to kind of push the story along. And they're usually like three to six minutes long, uh, you know, three to five minutes long, whatever, sometimes maybe a little longer. But piece all of those together and you've got an incredible well done gripping animated movie and and there there are so many animated movies to point to that 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 have emotional stories that can be every bit as moving as a live action that I just I wish that Blizzard would would go that particular route with with the movies because there's a lot of things that are just hard practically to animate but with Chris Metzen and some of the other writers putting together the story, bring the voices in and throw the money at it to, to have it animated. You could have some incredible animated, just a series of, of animated movies reenacting things that are done in, in, you know, in, in an exaggerated version on screen. Anyway, I've talked about it long enough. Warcraft love to see it as a series as a movie. I don't know that it works. Um, just because I don't think that that they'll cast it and do it correctly, but who knows? Uh, so instead, <laughs> another uh, property that hasn't been ruined yet, but probably won't be done correctly. But I I just see it as being it's made for movies. It's made for movies, and and uh, I think this is the right time for it. Is Mass Effect? Um, the science behind Mass Effect makes sense. I've read all the books in the series, you know, before and after the original game, uh, with with uh, Anderson, who is I think he's a commander in the actual uh, in the actual game. He's he's like Shepard's number one, you know, the guy that he's he's in charge and kind of gives him all of his orders. Well, the first book actually goes through his journey as you know, not a Spectre, but I mean, just as a human paving the way for people like Shepard to, to be the first specter. So anyway, I'm, I'm very familiar with the lore and the, and the races and the science and the history behind the Mass Effect fields. And, 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 and I think that would be so cool for them to start out the movie with, uh, you know, finding one of these Mass Effect, uh, I don't even remember what they call them, but basically you, you, they got to the outer reaches of space and once you get there, you get to this Mass Effect field, and it shoots you to the next area. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're just like, oh, you know, crap. <laughs> well, what's cool about Mass Effect is it already has like a lore built up behind it that's 
I would say equates to Star Wars. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it doesn't hurt that it was designed by pretty much the same company that designed Knights of the Old Republic. Right. So they know how to world build and all this stuff. So I mean, yeah, that would be a fantastic movie, and it would probably give some of the newer Star Wars movies a run for their money. And and it's different, you know. It's 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 kind of it's grounded in reality, very very much like. Uh, Star Trek, but it's not set so far in the future that you can't necessarily relate to all the technology. You know, just be future enough to be like Blade Runner, but also be far off in space. You know, um, yeah. there's there's recognizable tropes, there's recognizable uh, you know clothing, um, and then but also you know you've got this tech and this you know this it's it's humans learning how to be the new kid on the block. You know, no longer are we the, the you know the only intelligent life in the in the world or in the in the galaxy in any galaxy, but we're learning that we're not alone and we're learning to find our place and, and kind of what that journey is for humans and having having a a vessel or a character to be you know to lead us through that journey. I think that that would be really interesting and something that hasn't really been done in science fiction movies. You know, normally we just kind of pick up right in the middle of it and sci-fi is one of those genres that kind of shows us a reflection of society and diversity and how to get along with other people well this would be us as a as a whole as humanity coming in with a little bit of swagger like they do in the games but also you know what makes us human what makes us a part of a bigger universe and and how we kind of mix with these other races that have their own cultures and maybe don't really want us to be a part of it. You know, we are the, you know, the 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 unwanted stepchild. You know, that that is just all this for whatever reason. You know, we just, uh, you know, we've we've come onto the scene and and you know, and we're not really welcome. The modern day Western. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and and just set in space as as many have have been. So. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. I would definitely drop some money to go see it i you know i played the first game and i i didn't play it all the way through but i i did oh, enjoy man. it i wish you if you played all three man don't even have to play andromeda but those three are worth they're worth your time and that those are three games i've i've kept them i will never i'll probably never play them again but i've kept all three of them just because they're that good of games yeah they've re-released the i guess it was the trilogy on xbox 360 and playstation 3 um, I'll find a copy of it one day, pick it up and play them all. Um, now that sure. I've been spending it's more time with games, it, it truly is worth it. But I, I definitely can see where you're going with the movie and I think it would be awesome. What about you? What's your third? Well, my third would be something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I grew up with these games and, um, I've been playing them recently and while movies have been made, not true movies. They're more like animated cartoons. I, I don't think they've done it justice yet. And I really would love to see this franchise done right. Final fantasy. Thought about it. I truly did. I just couldn't justify it. Um, and what's amazing about the final fantasy saga is every game is a completely different story. You don't have to play the previous game in the series to know what the hell's going on in the game that you're playing. It's not like kingdom hearts. Um, where you have to play every freaking game that ever came out so you can understand what's going on with the story. Right, right. But and, uh, and read and about more. it and, and do math. But uh, in Final Fantasy, you know, 
pick one of the stories and start off with them. I mean, we can go medieval with like Final Fantasy four and, you know, make it look like, you know, hire Peter Jackson to do it. Um, why not? He built Lord of the Rings, uh, made Lord of the Rings successful. I mean, I could see him pulling off something um, or hell, the bidding off and Weiss from Game of Thrones to make the medieval versions of Final Fantasy. Or you can go futuristic with Final Fantasy seven and and uh, Final Fantasy eight um, apocalyptic with Final Fantasy ten. I mean, there's so many genres that or, you can go with like sci fantasy with like, Final nine, Fantasy 15 you know, or nine. nine. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just an awesome franchise that's there for the taking. And the movies, if you ever come out with multiple movies in the series, they don't have to be the same. No, in fact, it's better that they're not. They're not necessarily they're they're common themes. Maybe you have chocobos in all of them. Maybe you have mogs in all of them. But you don't have to have the same lead character. Yeah. And I I just think it'd be awesome. It'd be a franchise that they could build on. Um and you wouldn't have to cast the same character. I mean, you could build yourself this universe. And I, I just, I would love to see a real live action Final Fantasy movie on the big screen. I just, I just, I think the time is right. Um, especially with shows like Game of Thrones being like one of the most popular television shows of all time. Who would have ever thought a show about freaking knights and dragons would be one of the most watched shows of all time? I would never have dreamed I, of that when I, I was agree. younger. So, I think now's the time for shows, you know, a movie like Final Fantasy to hit the market. Um, will we ever see one? I doubt it. I mean, and if they ever do do one, it's probably going to be animated, just like the last two have been. Yeah. And I just, I, I think we could, I think we could go for a live action one. And like I said, we could start off small. Start off with like, I wouldn't say any of the first three from the Nintendo because those stories were pretty short. Or maybe you could, maybe you could revamp them. I don't know. But Final Fantasy Four is like one of my favorite games of all time, and I think that would make for a perfect movie. It's one of my favorites too. So, I mean, in you know, Love, Death, and Robots. If you've anybody's had seen that on Netflix, the stories are kind of disconnected. They they don't really they don't really connect. There may be a common theme between them all, but the point is, is that they're all different. For the most part, they all have different artists. They have different stories, but it's all a common theme of love, death, and robots. And so, they're all super I, short. Super short, you know, and, and yeah. besides that, I mean, I think this could actually work. So. Yeah, I, I agree. That sounds good. I like that. So those are my three choices. If I had to choose a wild card, it would be Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe NCAA Manager. Exactly. I like it. I think I think that movie's already out there. <laughs> no, but I, I, I don't think they have to be movies, um, except for Portal, possibly. Uh Final Fantasy and um, Metroid would make great series. And let's go back to Final Fantasy for a second. Think about on Netflix doing a 10-episode season of each, maybe each game. And when the next, next season comes out, it's it's kind of like uh, American Horror Story. The next season doesn't even relate to the previous season. You know, so you could tell different seasons each season of the, or different stories each season of the show. I mean, I just think it would work. It's something that Square needs to Figure out right now. Get it going. Yeah, sell it and get it done, or whatever you do. What make the magic happen? Exactly. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, obviously there are lots of other uh, choices out there. There are lots of movies. If you have any movies that you think should be made, made it, you know, or any games that should be made into movies, you know, let us know in the comments. Shoot us an email. Let us know because uh, obviously 
more than three uh, movies or, or games are, are worth making into movies. So, uh, But that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Daniel for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, TemploGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at RetroRebel at TemploGeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time.